tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches read Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapters 43 and 44 of Wayward Son, in which chapter 43 starts off with Simon and the rest of the gang at the Vampire Mansion, I mean the hotel. Uh, the gang has picked out the most goth vampire hotel to set up their undercover work at. And while they get the room set up and, you know, take the appropriate amount of showers and naps, Baz goes out to get himself, Penny, and Simon new duds on account of them not having any more luggage. Uh, Baz is wearing a sweet flower print suit so he can infiltrate the vampire party that's happening somewhere in the penthouse. Um, while the gang listens in on his conversation with one hell of a long phone call. Simon, our dear heart, worries for Baz and kind of just wants to solve this problem like a good little child soldier and light the whole hotel on fire. Which, understandable, but my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, with Baz all dressed up, he goes up to the vampire party. Chapter 44, Baz gets into this vampire hotel party because, obviously... Um, it's also full of the most extra-looking vampires Bass has ever seen, which, considering how few vampires he's seen, not surprising. Uh, this place is, like, nothing like the vampire club of the last book. Everyone is just dressed like you imagine vampires dressing in movies and television shows. But good thing Bass has had a lifetime of practicing looking bored around rich people. He's trying to start some conversations and is eventually approached by another vampire who introduces himself as Lamb, who is also from Merry Old England. You can tell that Lamb is a charming man, and is apparently hundreds, plural hundreds, of years old. He came to the U.S. via boat, as did some other vampires, because not only do we know how the U.K. mages feel about vampires. It also turns out that Baz's own great-grandfather drove a bunch of vampires out of the country. And thankfully in the U.S., vampires are everywhere because the U.S. mages seem to not give a fuck. Baz is understandably like, uh, don't people notice all the damn bodies? And Lamb is like, that's what catch and release is for. This is totally new to Baz, both that vampires don't drain everyone they eat and that possibly... Just biting someone doesn't mean that they become vampires. Lamb has a almost tender elder gay moment where he basically tells Baz, you know, you don't have to hide yourself away here. You can just be yourself. Be out and proud about being a vampire. Uh, Lamb and Baz leave the party to go on a little tour of the Las Vegas Strip, partly because this is the most information about, ba- about vampires that Baz has ever gotten from anyone. And... Part of what Lamb wants to show Baz is that the strip, is that the Las Vegas strip is full of vampires. It's basically a fucking gayborhood of vampires 
in more ways than one because next stop is some sort of ice cream bar and alcoholic milkshakes for the both of them. Baz is a lightweight and already tipsy, so he does not realize the sort of date vibes that are going on when Lamb grabs a random dude to pull into an alley to drink from. Baz, horrified, does not take any, which is immediately sus enough that Lamb manhandles Baz and threatens him with a lighter until Baz spills about what he's that he's looking for the next now vampires because they have his friend. Lamb, still pissed about being lied to, tells Baz that they can meet the next day and disappears, leaving Baz drunk, alone, and lost. Thankfully, or not, he sees Simon because, whoops, turns out his phone died at some point. Yes, this is the most fun we've had so far this book, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I really, really loved meeting Margaret and Blue, but like this, this is like, we're having like real genuine fun now, briefly. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, who doesn't want a rich, older gay to come show you around Las Vegas and be like, oh, by the way, we're everywhere. Uh, You don't have to hide here. No one gives a fuck. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) um anyway so uh, remember that this is a fully spoiled podcast and let's enter our first segment easy come easy go where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else (laughs) simon is like Wait, hang on. I didn't write down the full quote, and I feel like that was a mistake. He says, If Shepard could see Baz's house, he'd know that it isn't just vampires living the goth life. It's also absurdly rich magicians. And then I also wrote in parentheses, and queer middle class podcasters. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Uh, this actually dovetails nicely into the fact that I would 110% go to this hotel. Is there really a goth hotel in Las Vegas? That's the one I want to go to one day in the future, if it is ever safe to be around that many people again. I have no so. desire to ever go to Las Vegas, but I do have a great desire to stay in this hotel. I've always wanted to go to Las Vegas, mostly because I love a buffet, and I feel like the buffets there are top-notch. <laughs> so... Fair. <laughs> that is the funniest reason I've ever heard someone say we're wanting to go to Las Vegas. No offense. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> I am aware that that makes me just a weirdo because I'm just like, but the buffet. <laughs> but this is ninety five percent of why I want to go to Las Vegas. I well, like, actually, I do really want to see Cirque du Soleil. So maybe I a little bit of me wants to go there. But I think you can see that other places. I would probably rather go to those other places. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, yeah, actually staying on the hotel, I my headcanon is that when Drusilla left Spike, this is what she did as she started this hotel. Yeah, I feel like the description of this vampire party, you could take vampires from literally any vampire media you've consumed and like put them in this party. It's like you fit right in. <laughs> yeah, but the the hotel design, the like everything is black or pink or red and they have like black birds and black cages that is very specifically drusilla mm-hmm. there's definitely a photo of of her somewhere in this hotel with like mm-hmm. i don't know the brat packer not the brat the rat pack or something like that 
<laughs> is that are you specifically referencing that episode of what we do in the shadows you know they a little bit but i'm just sort of like i don't know and it, i feel like that is also something that drusilla and spike would have done back in the day so which yeah. is hang out in las vegas <laughs> yeah definitely it's your turn oh Nothing is more funny to me than them being like, or I don't remember who it is, Penny being like, ugh, Penn and Teller, like being actual mages. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone is just allowing this to happen because no, who would believe them Mm -hmm. Um, is deeply funny to me. Yeah, I think it's excellent. Is it? I, I think... It came up earlier in the book, I think when they were at the the run fest. Um, I don't know if it was specifically Penn and Teller, but I think it was something along the lines of, so we got in the last chapter where Agatha is like, deny, argue, flee or whatever. And I think yeah. earlier in the book, we got that one of the other options is like commit to the bit. And I feel like, and they mentioned a specific, uh, you know, magician, from our world in the commit to the bit thing. And I feel like that's probably what happened with Penn and Teller is that like they got caught being mages and just had to like go with it. And now like, this is just their life. And I like to imagine them being like, okay. (laughs) What's even more funny about Penn and Teller is that they're like the kind of people who are like, Oh, we don't believe in like pseudoscience or like the paranormal. So we like to just prove that like, are like magic tricks or things that you can just that you can just do without the aid of magic, which feels doubly funny. Oh, that is very funny. Of them having to be like, oh fuck, we gotta like double down and be like, yep, magic isn't real. Let's <laughs> let, let's prove to you that magic isn't real and have that be our stick. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Simon. He's talking about these clothes that Baz has procured, and he's like, Baz looks incredible. Penny looks incredible. He's like so into how Baz dresses, not just in this suit, but like as a general rule. He's like, Baz's clothes are so pretty. And then Baz buys him a button-down shirt, and Simon's like, he bought me a shirt with buttons. Like, I work in the bank or something. (laughs) I'm like, Simon, you do realize that all of Baz's shirts that you love have buttons, right? It is really funny. I'm like, oh, my precious little dirt bag. You just want to wear a t-shirt or a sweater or a hoodie and like nothing else. (laughs) It's the way that it's phrased. I honestly think that maybe the the buttons on Baz's shirts just like don't register in Simon's brain as like part of what makes them a nice shirt. He's so baffled. That would that would a hundred and ten percent not surprise me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like Simon would definitely be a like I get dressed up in a like nice sweater as opposed to a button down person though, which I very much respect. Yeah, you don't have to tuck in a sweater. This is why, I mean, in general, fall is like fallish weather the best season for dressing i think <laughs> personally because mm-hmm. i'm like right you don't have to tuck in a sweater it's great love a good sweater uh all right i want to go on this vampire walking tour that's all i gotta say <laughs> baz is like i don't know what we're doing and it's like my sweet summer child are you are you really sure 
But I'm just like going on a historical tour than drinking an alcoholic milkshake. Like, this is all I want. I feel like I hope that there are vampires that are offering like, you know, haunted tours, like haunted history tours of Las Vegas that are like vampire specific where they tell people the truth, but everyone assumes that it's just like local lore. That's funny because that just the idea of that makes me so happy. Right. It's like, (laughs) Oh, LOL. The mob, like a lot of mob stuff was just vampires all along. That's so funny. And everyone's Mm -hmm. like, ha ha. Yes. So funny. (laughs) Totally a joke. (laughs) (sighs) Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Um, I have a brief thing about Penny, which maybe could have been in the previous section. All right, what is it? But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I find it sort of endearing that she is freaked out by birds. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like understandably if her and Simon were attacked by some cravens, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, birds are weird, so I get it. But I'm also just like, I don't know. What a nice little smidge of, like, character development here Mm -hmm. about her. Yeah. I also really appreciated learning that. Um, Yeah, I just have Baz here. He is incredible. He's... He's so... It's like this suit just, like, brought him out of himself, you know? The confidence involved in Shepard being like, oh, that suit's perfect. Vampires are so over the top. And Baz is like, no, this suit is perfect because it's perfect. You're like, that's hot. Yeah. (laughs) I am here for that level of confidence. Yeah, I know. I just, it's such a, it's such a good chapter. And it's like, I love that we see him like being like, oh, like, Going out on the town. I didn't expect this to be how my evening was going to go. But, and I'm like, oh, Baz, you should go out more. It doesn't have to involve drinking. If you think that drunk people are annoying, you could just, I don't know. I mean, I think he, I didn't get the impression that he didn't want to go out because he doesn't want to be an annoying drunk person, but because when you go out places, annoying drunk people are there. Yeah. But there's like, yeah, I just let me sad that he's like, I'm like, you and Simon could do things that don't involve drunk people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It made me really sad, too. So, and I'm like, this is the most fun you've ever had. Is this dude covertly taking you on a date? And I'm like, maybe. Yeah, but I think it's the most fun he's ever had because, like, he's kind of drunk and he's let his guard down for the first time ever, question mark. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and I think definitely the fact that Lamb is like, uh, hello, do you see all of the vampires here just being out and about and like, no one cares slash no one notices slash who gives a fuck? It's Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, you know? Yeah. So, and it's just, I think probably obviously supposed to be like when you're a baby gay and you go to your first like neighborhood and you're just like, what? No one's going to look at me funny for like, holding like my partner's hand there's just people looking hella gay walking around what is this 
Um, no, I totally agree. And it also prob- definitely doesn't hurt that he's like flirting with a hot stranger, which is just like exhilarating regardless of whether or not you want to do anything more than flirt with the hot stranger it's just like a really fun activity so he's like doesn't feel like he needs to be quite as guarded about being a vampire he doesn't think anyone's gonna like murder him for it he's kind of drunk he's in like looking the hottest he's ever looked in this floral suit and he's got this like hot guy to flirt with who also can potentially teach him how to like be a vampire like wins all around of course baz is having the best night ever yeah side sorry side note who are you imagine who do you imagine lamb to look like cuz i feel like when i first read this i was uh, i was assuming he was much older mm. someone like in like their 40s but i'm like mm-hmm. the and then i read this chapter and i'm like he probably doesn't look that old no, he says he looks 30 or 35, Baz says. And then I was just like, oh, I need a better mental picture of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just got stuck on his his 90s hair. And then I don't think I really filled in anything beyond the fact that he has 90s hair. His like red 90s hair. It's... It's like strawberry blonde, right? It's not red. How do it was like he says it's golden? Maybe that's I just filled in. I don't uh, know. His unfashionably extravagant auburn hair. Oh, auburn. auburn. Is auburn red? Or am I making that up? It's like a reddish brown. It's like a dark copper, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to crowdsource people. Mm-hmm. Please send us your um, fan casting of who should play Lamb. And don't just send the name because I don't know who anyone is. Send me a link. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel, I think what kind of bums me out a little bit is that I do kind of wish that maybe the gang could have stayed in Los Angeles a little bit, not Los Angeles, stayed in Las Vegas a little bit longer and maybe Baz could have found out more about being a vampire. Because like we that's not really a thing that we revisit in any way the wind blows. So, and I'm kind of like, this feels like useful information for Bass to have. Like, at least, at the very least, how do you make a vampire so you can avoid that? Considering mm-hmm. how badly Simon wants Bass to fight him <laughs> with his face. And I want that for Simon. I want that for everyone involved. Yeah. As long as it's not going to turn Simon into a vampire. Totally. Yeah. Um, all of all of our all of our gang really needs to spend more time in the US. Like Simon needs to be hanging out with Maggie, learning about being a dragon. Baz needs to hang out with Lamb and learn how to be a vampire. And Shepard and Penny can go undo all of the terrible things Shepard has gotten himself into. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> over the course, you know, out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's a real fucking shame that we just like leave very soon. Like we're we're headed back to Watford any minute now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of book left, but not a lot of timeline left. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess he has Nico to ask these questions in book three. That's true. Beyond. And we do learn at the end of... Anyway, the wind blows that if Baz wants to like age and die, like with Simon, he can't eat people. 
presumably. Like, because Nico says that Fiona, ha- like, turns him veg- vampire vegetarian, right? And so, like, he's going to age again now, which is really so fascinating. And I can't wait to talk about it in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't think Baz would eat people even if he could, because I do think that Baz does not necessarily want to be immortal, which neither would I. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be hard for him. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Um, like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about everything we learn about vampires later, and is this just fantasy? But like, given what we learn about vampires, like they usually don't kill people. The amount of fucked up it is, the way that English mages treat vampires, is like a lot it's very that's very bad yeah they're literally not hurting anyone like and it's yeah you know it is deeply confusing and upsetting and especially since it also just seems weird especially like in this chunk of like in this contemporary era of this book where it's like like UK midges must be aware that there are vampires just living it up in other parts in like the US and presumably other parts of the world without being like murdered on sight or whatever the fuck. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that just it seems like that it seems outrageous to think otherwise. So then it's just like doubly like if you know that vampires can coexist mostly peacefully especially like in a large urban area say like london which has millions of people in it you know right my only theory that i can come up with to explain this is that because it sounds like they started doing this when the mages started sort of like coming together and like forming the sort of uk world of mages Mm. is that it was basically like well we're under threat from normals because of like witch hunts and whatever and vampires have like increased the risk of normals knowing about like magical stuff and so like we are going to oppress them because we think that they're like a risk to our safety and well-being just by existing which feels very relevant yeah Um, (laughs) Uh, a lot of unfortunately relevant things I think happen come up in this chapter. Where I'm like, oh god. Yeah, but that's the only thing I can think of of why they feel the need to like control vampire populations is because they're worried about themselves, and so even though vampires are hurting literally no one, or most yeah. mostly not hurting anyone. Yeah, right, and presumably not that many of them, at least like compared to the U.S. I'm assuming because like. You're just going to have less predators than you're going to have prey, usually, you know? Right. So. I mean, it seems like Baz can't find a fucking book about vampires. So, like, which also seems really like a thing where it's like, well, we don't want people to know that vampires aren't actually a risk. Because it sounds like Simon was brought up believing that the fundamental, like, issue between mages and vampires is that vampires want to kill normals and mages need normals to make more magic 
which is a gross way to think about it anyway but like that's also false like that's not true but if they if you don't have any books you don't have a way for people to learn that that's not true then you can just keep doing what you've been doing without anyone questioning you and and you can just keep sort of uh spouting the same sort of propaganda against vampires because like if you don't have the knowledge to contradict that and like we only meet a few characters who even like have ever communicated with vampires. It's sort of like people are going to believe the shit people in power tell them, if, right. even if it is incorrect. When like if you can't, then yep. if if the like education isn't there to be like actually you are wrong. Mm-hmm. So always, unfortunately relevant to this goddamn fucking country is that Lamb tells Baz that. U.S. majors are more worried about guns than vampires. And I'm like, that's so legitimate, I feel like, because this fucking place is the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of made me be like, I, I, I mean, I don't understand anything about the way that the, that mages here behave like everything that we've learned about it i'm like what are you doing but i'm like surely because they're mages if they decided to like run for office they would win you know like they could make it so that they won ethically or not i'm like why don't why don't you fucking fix some stuff then like i i'm fine with you mind controlling people if it means (laughs) that you're like solving these major fucking issues that this country is facing you can stop mind controlling everyone after that but like you know just long enough to like pass some sweeping gun control bills and like establish like in our constitution some like solid human rights and then you can like go back to hiding or whatever it was you were doing before and it it would and it would be easy because like it's very popular to have gun control laws it's just that the gun lobby and so many Republicans have just so much lust for giant guns. And it's like, cool, thanks. I'm glad that all of your money is worth more than the thousands of lives every year that are affected by just the complete unregulation of guns here. So, yep. Yeah. Um, I, and I think my last thing is just that I just a little bit feel like, of course, Lamb is both helpful and a little creepy. And I'm just like, dude, clearly he's trying to impress Baz. And then he's like, let's go get some, let's go have some alcoholic milkshakes. And then it's, and I mean, he clearly knows nothing about Baz at all, but I'm just like, how do you imagine his date ending, Lamb? And I'm just sort of like, Baz being drunk for that is not great, <laughs> I think. Oh, I don't I don't think that he thinks he's on a date. He's manipulating Baz into telling him who he actually is because he is like deeply suspicious and is like, you are lying and up to something. Oh. He's not trying to fuck Baz. He's getting Baz drunk so he can be like, who the fuck are you? Like the drink, the drinking the dude together thing was like, a, this is your test. Like, are you just a regular fucking vampire or aren't you? Yeah, he was not surprised when Baz didn't didn't drink with him. That's fair. That makes actually more sense. Yeah. 
Um, and I think, I mean, we'll learn in the next few chapters, it's got to be incredibly obvious to like every other vampire that Baz is like super unwell because he doesn't eat people. Like Baz is like, wow, this dude must be sloshed. He's like almost, you know, non-vampire colored. And it's like, no, vampires are kind of pale, but they like don't, they're not gray as a general rule because like they're eating the right kind of blood. Like you're fucking anemic, dude. So like Baz, I feel like Lamb knew right off the bat, he was like, something is happening here. <laughs> like this this man is is up to something. Yeah, now that you say that, it probably was really obvious basically the minute he walked into that party. He was like, why is that dude legitimately gray? Yeah. Like, and everyone else is in Technicolor. Like, what right, the fuck? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it in Technicolor. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where I tell you the ways that you can support our podcast, which is we're on Patreon, we sell merch, we take donations, we're on Instagram and Tumblr. And we really like it when you leave us reviews. And you can find all of that in the show notes. Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. I feel like the only thing I have is just Baz's suit and like a (laughs) bunch of exclamation (laughs) i mean that's legit um so simon at the very beginning he says something and it says baz smiles at me his eyes are soft i think they're still soft from last night from whatever spell we cast in the back of the truck I just wrote euphemism really big. I'm about to say, is that that what the kids are calling it these days? (laughs) Um, So some nice confirmation of your uh, speculation from the last chapter of what took place in the back of the truck. And I hope you will agree with me that this is evidence that they are sometimes at least having orgasms together. Yeah. Okay. I'm very relieved to hear that because I really didn't want it to be true. <laughs> yeah. <weren't. laughs> it would be, it would be very sad. Yeah. Because clearly they both want to. And it's yeah, just exactly. Like... Um, yeah. And then I also just think it's worth noting that uh, Baz can smell and identify Simon from half a block away. He's he sure like can. <laughs> listing all of the things that the strip smells like and he gets to burnt popcorn and then he like jars his head up because like burnt popcorn is what Simon smells like to Baz. And there's Simon. There he is. Love it. It's, I know. It's like also it's like very cute also. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. You will not, of course, be surprised that I immediately Googled the gothest parrots I could find. I am not surprised at all, and I'm very excited. 
Yeah, I'm actually, wait, I'm gonna text you some, just some uh, images of some potential species of goth parrot and cockatoos, in which I think Penny was partially right, because, so, the first one I sent you is a, uh, is a, like, species of black parrot that's, like, mostly sort of, like, a grayish brown, Mm -hmm. but I think could definitely, in a certain, like, look black. Um, There's also the black palm cockatoo, which is all of the way black, but also has like big patches of red on their cheeks. So. Oh, what a pretty bird. I know, right? Oh, so pretty. And then we also have the red-tailed black cockatiel, which depending on the angle, maybe you wouldn't necessarily even notice the black tail. And they are cool because they have like these like speckly faces and like a bunch of like, like white, or gray speckles on their faces that looks and like they're rough that is very cool looking these are very very goth birds Mm -hmm. and then my favorite which might have come up in another podcast (laughs) is a species of parrot that is also called the dracula parrot because it is black and red in the her dark materials podcast yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of their demons one of the weeks. <laughs> just, I have been binging that podcast. So I was like, yeah, I just heard that like two days ago. All right. I'm like, where, why is this on my brain about <laughs> the familiarity <laughs> of the Dracula parrot? Um, and they are beautiful. They look, their heads look kind of like vultures. I yeah. don't know. They are extremely goth and beautiful. Yes, they are. So, uh. despite the fact that I think all these birds are endangered slash like critically threatened uh because of poaching and habitat loss i feel like these are birds that would be in these cages of this Mm -hmm. goth hotel yeah they're all very very beautiful i know they're so goth i love them yeah i think i would most i would just keep like corvids in my vampire hotel um because they are like inky black swirls of iridescence all the time anyway you know you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to dye them yeah and then you could have like a giant like aviary like in the like in the lobby of your hotel because ravens and crows need a lot of space and need a lot of stuff to do obviously and it would be really cool it'd be full of all of these black coat cor covids jesus black corvids <laughs> Like yelling at you and like watching you and being like, give us some snacks. It'd be great. Yeah. You could have, yeah. Like have, um, whenever people check in, you like give them some like dimes and some peanuts as <laughs> offerings for the birds. So that right. They it's, can like, make here, friends. it's like, here's a paper bag of unshelled peanuts and some miscellaneous like shiny, na- like new nails or new yeah. dimes <laughs> to give to the bird. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. Okay, yeah, so we learn a bunch about vampires in this chapter. Um, They are more or less immortal, and more importantly, that they do not have to kill or turn people when they feed, which, like, we've been saying since the last book, because just mathematically that's obvious, but, like, whatever. Right, and, like, if you look at other animals that consume blood they only take some blood they don't right 
drain their prey like a fucking Capri Sun. So it really, (laughs) so like, obviously sometimes, I don't know, mistakes happen, people get overzealous, but it would make, it wouldn't make sense that every time a vampire fed that they would murder someone. Right, exactly. Um, But I do want to say, it makes sense to me that Baz is so sort of, has been so stuck at least on the idea that like if you bite someone you will turn them because the alternative is that he was turned on purpose Mm -hmm. and that's like a lot that's a lot to grapple with and not having to think about why someone would turn a five-year-old into a vampire on purpose is reasonable you know like Especially, and maybe even more so now that he knows that it was Simon's dad that, like, ordered that and, like, didn't mean for Baz's mom to die, but apparently did give the order that Baz was to be turned. Like, that is a an incredible political move. Like, so much better than just killing her, honestly. But that's a fuckload to sit with, you know? Like, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> That is a that is a lot of just it would be a lot. And I could I think you're right about him definitely just being like mentally being like, nope, not even going to open that book. Just going to leave it in the back. Right. Never be looked at again. Yep. Or slash hopefully one day with therapy. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the way that Baz notices how the other vampires move. Yeah. And I think part of it could also be, this is another thing that comes with consuming human blood along with not aging and being able to live hundreds of years, basically without aging. Mm -hmm. Is that like, he describes them as looking, as moving kind of like, predators i think he i think maybe he's mentioned like he says that it reminds him of like big cats mm-hmm. and i mean yeah the sort of like gliding ethereal vampire now i'm thinking about Drusilla especially mm-hmm. is like definitely a trope i think people love in vampire media but what this actually reminded me of is i was reading i don't know maybe something on like tumblr about how someone was talking about either like animating or like drawing dragons Mm-hmm. where it's like if you want your dragon to look menacing it seems to be everyone is like referencing the way that like big cats move just because the way that big cats move it just seems so otherworldly and creepy and like predatory mm-hmm. and so it's just like that immediately came to mind when here it's like oh they just move like big cats because that's fucking scary just silently and they're just dangerous and it's just like are you gonna eat me or are you just gonna keep moving on um and Baz just being like, what the fuck? I do not move like this. <laughs> he says, is this how I look from the outside? And I, we have had descriptions of Baz running as being very, very graceful from multiple characters now, not just Simon. I think Penny described it that way when they were being chased by those um, were animals. Yeah. So I think he might. Like, at least the sort of like oily like your like your limbs aren't like constrained the way that that uh normals are 
Mm-hmm. It, might, it might apply to Baz, you know? Maybe it applies to Baz when he's not consciously trying to portray himself as a, like, um, you know, the way that he, like, kind of moves through the world just, like, regularly versus, like, being, like, right, a fight-or-flight kind of way where it's, like, he's not really thinking about how he's moving his body. He's just doing the thing, and then it's, like... Yeah. And then you look like a giant panther when you do it, apparently, so... Which is hot. It is very hot. Yeah, what you just said about, like, the how Baz sort of moves through the world made me think that he has the sort of um, demeanor of, like when cis dudes are like really tall but they're like not super like broy and are trying to like not scare people and they just sort of move through the world trying to like display i'm not six foot seven vibes yeah it's <laughs> just like how yeah i feel like that's how baz is like moving all the time is like make myself not intimidating sort of body yeah. movements or however that works yeah and i feel like the fact that he's had to move in the spaces of like incredibly wealthy people also means that like there is our that there already had to be an element of training himself to like act and move more like his dad mm-hmm. which he mentions of course in carry on so which i mean probably has helped him pass as not a vampire because he doesn't move like these vampires he moves like an incredibly bored rich kid moves into the world even though that's right obviously not him right a lot of passing conversation happening <laughs> yeah these chapters sure is oh man vampires is gay metaphor sometimes it just is great <laughs> and i love i love that it's like vampires is gay metaphor and this book is also like but also like the vampires are gay yeah like just just both it's just both and that's that's such a nice gift i just right. love that yes yeah baz obviously i lamb uh, also obviously i think like he yeah i guess and in the, the next only people to... that he notices at the party that are like sexually interacting with each other are two women that are making out so i think we just i mean and we've said i don't know if it was if it's been on the show or if it's just been on we are the gayers but like if you live long enough, you're going to deal with the fact that, like, everyone is at least a little bit bisexual and you're going to stop having hangups about that. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is why there are no heterosexual vampires. Um, yeah. I don't know what Twilight is trying to do. That is a lie. <laughs> yeah, that is a lie. <laughs> Those are not vampires. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> or sorry, not sorry, I guess. <laughs> I know so little about Twilight, and I'm really happy with that level of knowing. It's basically like... It's extremely heterosexual, so... TikTok parodies are, are all I know about Twilight, so... That's probably, that's probably fine. That's all you need. The TikTok parodies on, uh, about Twilight are X. Yeah, they're really fun. Anyway. Yeah. Do you have anything else here? I do. Okay. Uh, I have a little bit of history. Um... So I already mentioned, I think, an episode or two ago about the drug history, about the white people settling of Las Vegas as a city. Um, And I looked it up because Lamb said that he was here in the beginning of Las Vegas, that he came in 1908. Uh, Las Vegas, the sort of colonized farming community, was connected to 
like Utah and Southern California in 1905. So he was like, he was literally like, they built the railroad. I was on this train or however he was traveling through the world to get here. Like, I'm like, oh, you were, you were real serious. You caught that first train. <laughs> that Interesting. <laughs> um, but also white people have been uh, beginning to, set, to settle in the area that would be known as Las Vegas since like 1844. So okay. not quite the beginning, but I mean, once the railroad comes in, that's when the history of many cities, uh, especially in the middle of the country, go from small towns to becoming metropolises, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get from him that he said it took him 300-ish years to get from Virginia to Las Vegas. And since he said he came over on a boat, and Baz is like the, like on the Titanic, and I'm like, he's older than that. Yeah. He came over with the fucking pilgrims. That's that that's the first that is when the first English colonizers came over. And I'm oh. like, with the, he came with the fucking pilgrims. It was just like, <laughs> look at all this new look at this look at this buffet. Great. Everyone. Oh, that you're starving because you don't because you don't want to ask the indigenous people about what to eat. Sucks to be you. <laughs> that is very interesting (laughs) he must have been the only he must have been the only vampire amongst them otherwise they would have all died out i guess he could have just been like feeding on everyone like a little bit at a time maybe but yeah and i mean there were like i mean millions of indigenous people you know so he probably was also feeding on them too which is like why isn't there like i would watch it like historical fiction thing where it's like vampires at different areas of history um obviously not just about white people because it's 2022 but i don't know yeah and then it's kind of like are have our vampires like rats have they been sort of following humanity everywhere they go like would would there be indigenous va- like vampires when lamb showed up to be like bro what the fuck are you doing i was just wondering that too i was like did did white settlers also introduce vampirism to the Americas the way that they introduced like syphilis and smallpox. I mean, possibly, you know, it depends on how old vampirism is and where it came from. Like if it was a genetic mutation or if it was like sort of more of a Buffy, like demons, humans blending thing. That's always just passed as like a magical virus and then, like, how long ago did that happen? Because when all of the continents were still, if it happened when all the continents were still connected, then it could potentially have just always have, you know, been in all of the areas where humans were after the... I'm thinking of so many words that start with P, none of which are the one that I'm looking for, but I Can think you? we all... Yep, thank you. <laughs> are humans that old, though? Because I feel like the continents already spread, because we get, you know people crossing over the land bridge between where Russia and like Alaska is to come down into America and like North America and South America. That's what I'm referring to. Yes. But like, I mean, I feel like we don't really get things like, but like rats are spread across the world because of like what we think of like contemporary ish, 15, 16, 1700 sailing. So 
Right. No, my point was like if vampirism ha- existed while like that land bridge was still there, then there mm. would almost certainly have been vampires in the Americas since like humans were in the Americas. Yeah. If not, then probably and it's not a genetic mutation, then probably the Americas were like isolated from that virus yeah. until people from Europe or wherever. Yeah, people from like Spain and Europe come over. Yeah. I'd read a whole novel of this because either answer is so fascinating to think about, Um, especially considering how many cultures separately came up with like a like a type of vampire, Mm -hmm. you know, I would love something like that that just follows the history of like the vampire virus from its dawning in humanity like all the way through 2022 through like a series of human interactions you know yeah it'd be so dreamy oh so many cool things you can do with vampires uh anyway (laughs) i don't don't have anything else uh me either hopefully i was entertaining everyone sorry still not in the best headspace But we will next time be talking about chapters 45 through 47. Nice. And until next time. Scaramouche. Scaramouche.